Ever thought of being a correctional officer, but not sure you'd qualify? Listen up. Be at least 19 with no age cap. Already a social worker? Social workers make great COs. No previous experience? That's okay. We'll train you. Full-time positions come with excellent health, dental, and life insurance, a pension, and other benefits of a state job. If you believe people can overcome the worst chapters in their life, then you've got the right stuff to be a correctional officer with the Hamden County Sheriff's Office. Visit hcsoma.org to join the team today. The ideas and opinions expressed in this show do not reflect the views of WHMP or Saga Communications. This show may contain subject matters not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. If I've impacted on one heart, one mind, one soul, and brought to that individual a greater truth than that individual came into a relationship with me having, then I would say that I have been successful. Harry Belafonte. Hi, I'm Lisa Riley, and each week we're here to share stories that shine a light on not only justice-involved individuals or underdogs in the game of life, but their struggles, their successes, and also the powerful resources and opportunities available for those who are hustling to carve a new path and prove that failure isn't final. So unlock your future, rewrite your story. This is The Hustler Files. Welcome, everyone, to this week's The Hustler Files. First, I want to thank everyone for bearing with me as my voice is not at 100% this week. But thankfully, our guests are. I'm excited this week to welcome in studio... Primary Captain Sandra Daniele and Corporal Adam Hagman, both correctional officers at the Western Massachusetts Regional Women's Correctional Center. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I'm so excited. Here on the show, we share so many stories and resources around reentry, prison reform, second chance hiring, and returning to society. But we thought it was about time to share what a day in the life of those on the front lines behind the wall experience. So, Captain, let's start with you. Why don't you tell us all about your background and how you got to be a correctional officer? So, I came here in 1986 from Columbia. And then after graduating from high school, I ended up going into the military for three years active. I submitted my application for the Hampton County Sheriff's Department because it interests me, the structure and what it had to offer, which was similar as far as like to my military background. I've been working there since 1998. So I've done uh, 25 years. Uh, since 2007, I've been working at the Women's Correctional Facility. Prior to then, I worked at Howard Street, where the casino used to be. And I also worked at the main facility, but now my focus has been at the Women's Correctional Facility since 2007. And you just recently got promoted to captain, correct? Just got recently promoted to primary captain. So what's primary captain? What does that mean? Well, it's the level as far as you have your sergeant, your lieutenant, your captain, and your primary captain. So you're kind of overseeing the shift. Now I'm on the 4 to 12 shift, so I work with some great guys. So, yeah. And how many people do you oversee now? My goodness. Um, well, I have housing supervisors and special ops supervisors, and there's also intake supervisors. So they will oversee their, um, you know, as far as like the employees, um, the staff, um, and then I will oversee as far as like the facility while we're there. Wow, that's amazing. I want to jump over to Corporal Hagman. Um, how long have you been a correction officer? Uh, I started in 2007 as a corrections officer, so just uh, just hit my 16-year mark. Have you always been at the Women's Correctional Center, or did you transfer over from another center? Well, the way it worked for me is when I applied, when I got hired, 
they were going through building the the women's jail. So I technically started at Ludlow. So I started in March, but then by October, I was over at the women's jail. So I've, I've been at the women's jail since it fully opened. That's amazing. I'm going to flip back to you now, Captain. What made you want to make a career of this? I mean, was it something that you just thought, oh, I'm going to give it a try because I'm coming out of the military and we'll see how I do with it? And then you just kind of got sucked into helping these very vulnerable people who are coming through the, the jail? Or was it something else? So at the beginning, it was that, you know, as far as like, let's give it a chance. I'm coming out of the military, see what this is about. So I worked at different areas, which are um, special ops, special operations. I've worked at uh, housing. I've worked intake, covering. For me has been what you gain back. You know, as far as like right now, I was just a housing supervisor. And the, when you see those inmates, they have been out for so long and now they're coming back and now they're teaching classes or you see them out in, you know, out in the mall or you see them working. And the recidivism definitely as far as at one point it was a high recidivism. Now being able to get them into programming, now what the sheriff's department is doing is providing for them a lot more of um, programs and things outside the world and able to, for them not to come back. So you like to see the after effect of the reentry and all the programs and everything that the Hamden County Sheriff's Department provides. Most definitely. I would say that would be for me as well. Um, let's flip that conversation though. What's been one of the hardest things for you being a correction officer? Probably just adjustment. You know, you go from a special operations where you're responding to the incident. You're responding, you know, you're, um, if there's a medical emergency or there's a co blue or a fight or anything, you're responding to it, and then the aftermath, and then the transitioning to a housing supervisor where now my focus is attempting to get inmates to be compliant, to not get into that world of fights and emergencies and be able to follow rules. So definitely that transition, maybe it was the hardest, just a mindset. And Corporal, what about you? What have you found to be one of the brighter lights of, of being a correction officer? Uh, well, for me, it's a, a different story. Um, I happened into corrections thinking it would look good on my resume. Um, I ended up really enjoying it. It was able to provide for my family. It was able to give me things that jobs prior to, I was struggling to figure out how I was going to get through family and in life, but uh, the Corrections was able to give me that foundation of a steady job, steady paycheck, healthcare, and so I, I, it took that worry out of my home world, and, and I was able to get behind the idea of helping people, and I had never really thought of Corrections as helping people before, but when I was hired, I remember there being a, a statement of like, these are all people that you're going to see out in the community. This isn't just a they're in and you forget about them. You, you, they're in, you help them when you can. And then when you're walking through the mall one day, someone's going to say, hello, Mr. Hagman. And I'm going to think no one calls me Mr. Hagman. And you kind of get an idea of like, who's coming to say hello. And when they're coming up to you and it's like telling you how good they're doing, you realize that, okay, so I, I did do something. They re there is a positive here. And so it's, it's getting that. That's the, I guess that's the little reward a little personal reward I get. That's a great reward. I mean, it's always nice. We all love to do something for somebody else. At least most of us do. We, we like that feeling inside. 
And flipping the question to you as well, what was one of the hardest things that you've had to experience as a, a correction officer? Well, um, bringing it back to my own personal family, it was when you start, you're starting on a four to 12 shift or a 12 to eight shift. And so I had two small children and as they were getting older, it was, well, I have to work. I am going to miss that, that soccer practice, or I am going to miss getting to pick up after school. And so there were, there were those sacrifices that were made, but there was also the benefit of knowing that I was providing. So there, there's that, that give and take. And you've worked with male incarcerated yes, people. Okay. Yep. What has been your experience between working with men versus working with women as a correctional officer? I guess the most standout thought would be with, with the men, there's definitely a more direct, uh, if, if, if there's a male inmate that's upset, you can tell that inmate is upset. And with the women, there is a little bit more of a mental manipulation game that happens where you can, there's the obvious with men and then there's the like, wait, something's going on with the women and it's playing in between those two and trying to figure out where the conversation you're having with that person is going. Do you think it comes down to trust that maybe men are a little more authentic in their feelings and emotions so it's easier to to pick up on that you can trust what they're telling you and women have a tendency to sort of bury everything and, and manipulate a little bit more like you were saying? With the men, it's more of that friendship slash camaraderie. Like you're, they're used to talking to their friends, their, their male counterparts, and it's a more direct like without having to really filter or think about what they're trying to say or what they're going to say, they're just going to say it. And yeah, so with the women, there could be a little bit more of a trust of like coming to a male officer and confiding in things that maybe they, because there have been plenty of times that a female inmate has come to me and asked to speak to a female officer. And sometimes you can accommodate that and sometimes you find a delicate way of saying, well, I can't get one right now, but I want to know what the issue is. I want to know what your problem is. I want to know how I can help you in any way that I can. So flipping that over to you, Captain, what has your experience been then between the men and the women? What's the difference that you've seen? So in retrospect, from uh, what Corporal Hagman is saying is, <clears throat> I find it that I love having male officers working at the women's correctional facility. And one of the reasons is because for the women, they they can relate to a person that is able to guide them and set in stone as far like this is the rules without having to be screamed at, without having to be um, assaulted, without knowing that they can go to them and talk to them. Yes, there is females as far as they'll be able to. Um, there is female inmates that will like to talk to other female inmates, but the conversations that they're having with the male officers, they're they're impacted by it because of maybe their background, maybe where they came from. But now having them at the women's facility, it shows to them, you don't have to be treated like this. You don't have to be spoken down to. Um, but as, as for me, as far as like with the males, um, with the male inmates, I really love working with them. And yes, you can see a difference because like Corporal Hagman is saying, most definitely, they're not going to come to me like talking like if we're friends, like talking like, you know, like from the male, male perspective, as opposed to like females for me, of course, they're going to come and say, well, you can relate to this. They're not going to say that to Corporal Hagman, obviously, from a male perspective, but definitely as far as there's different views from a males and females of their needs. 
the needs you know as far as for the females more so as far like the motherly figure you know the kids um the males is okay what can i do right now to provide so you can see the differences between both of them do you think captain that the women or the men are more vulnerable once they're incarcerated vulnerable in what sense just in the in the environment now that they're they're locked up that they can't go anywhere that I mean, does it become maybe emotional vulnerability or um, anger vulnerability? Like, are they, does all of that start to fester a little bit at a deeper level because um, they are locked up and who seems to to, to have the, the harder time with it? I think it definitely has, far as I would have to say, if so, female inmates has far as like more vulnerable, but at the same time, you are going to have male inmates will be vulnerable in there because it's depending, depending their background, where they're coming from, you know, who they're going to have in that unit, um, who they're going to have in that pod. And, you know, for females, as far as like they want the acceptance, you know, they want to be accepting, they want to be coming in and being able to confide in others. And if you're first time incarcerated, you don't know is the unknown. So now what happens is that, yes. You can go and talk to them, but it's what's going to happen um, of how they're going to relate to others. Wonderful. Um, I love learning about all this because it, to me, is such a fascinating subject. But anyway, we're going to need to take a quick break. And so if everybody would just sit tight, listeners, don't go too far. We'll be right back. This is The Hustler Files. You became an RN, LPN, mental health clinician, counselor, or recovery professional because you believe in the value of wellness, treatment of disease, and prevention of illness. And that also means that you have the right stuff to join the medical and mental health care team at the Hamden County Sheriff's Office. Making the world a better place takes a village, and even more so with justice-involved individuals. So why not consider dedicating your next career move to changing countless lives for the better? Visit hcsoma.org. That's hcsoma.org to join the team today. Hello, this is Patrick Haling, Sheriff of Hampshire County. If you're a college student interested in learning about the field of criminal justice, the Hampshire Sheriff's Office would like to talk to you about our summer intern program. Your internship will matter, not just to the clients we serve, but also to the people of Hampshire County who rely on us to protect public health and safety. Interested in making a difference? Please visit our website, HampshireSheriffs.com, and submit an application online or call 413-584-5911 and ask for our HR department. Welcome back to this week's The Hustler Files. If you're just joining us, we have here in studio today Primary Captain Sandra Danielli and Corporal Adam Hagman, both of the Western Mass Regional Women's Correctional Center. And they're taking us through sort of their day in the life of a career of a correctional officer. So again, thank you both for being here today. I'm so excited to, to get to chat with you. you. Um, so let's talk about what your, just give me sort of a bird's eye view. We'll start with you, Captain. What does your day sort of look like? I know it, as a captain level, you're probably a little more paperwork now than previously, but you know, give us sort of that bird's eye view. Uh, primarily coming in is just making sure is that we are staffed. You know, we have the adequate amount of uh, staffing for to covering housing units, uh, special operations, uh, programs department, intake, um, numerous details that we have. Um, and then afterwards, it's just reviewing paperwork, um, reviewing paperwork, completing our security checks in different areas of the facility, talking to staff, taking care of. For Yes, for me, definitely as far as like um, a lot of paperwork, you know, because you get to that level now. Um, but my primary at the beginning is making sure is adequate staffing is there. Are you enjoying this new level of responsibility? Most definitely. It's um, definitely an eye-opening I was in this position back 
give or take 13, 14 years ago. So now I'm back to the same position. I'm in special ops, uh, which is a special operations unit where we will be the ones responding. Um, so I enjoy the people that I work with. I've always said that it depends on who do you have as staff, your coworkers, because you depend on each other. You know, I depend on them just as much as they depend on me. So I enjoy it. That's great. Um, Corporal, what does your day look like? You're in a different uh, level of responsibility than the captain? Yes. Uh, with, uh, with our posts, we go through rotation. So we could be in a housing unit for six months. We could be in special operations. We could be in intake. There are many posts within the facility that we cover. So whichever one you're assigned to for that period of time can be very different. I'm in intake right now, so I come in earlier and it's preparing everybody going to court, uh, medical trips going out, all the coming and going from the facility. When you're in a housing unit, it's a little bit different. You're coming in, you're getting your shift change over from the four to twelve or the midnight officer, um, but you got to check your keys, you got to check your inventory. So there is still some paperwork that you're doing there making sure that you're prepared for your day. So that, that handoff from shift to shift is important no matter what post you're in. But uh, it's kind of that mental preparation for wherever you are. Uh, special ops is, is different than the housing or the intake too because you're going in, you're doing um, perimeter checks, you're doing equipment checks of a larger matter because it's like spread out throughout the facility. And it's wherever you're, you're posted, you're double and triple checking everything that you're going around and um, taking uh, responsibility for. So it's it's nice that you know there's those checkpoints every time there's a shift change is, okay, let's make sure everything is in order where it's supposed to be. Captain, what does it look like for a brand new correctional officer coming in after they've gone through uh, the training? Because I know the Hamden County Sheriff's Department is avidly recruiting for new COs and um, as are other sheriff's departments around the country and the globe. So how much more are they given to learn everything versus where you and the corporal have been around for a really long time and know what you're doing? So most definitely as once you come in after the academy, you will be um, doing another training at the area they're going to be working because we don't know if you're going to be assigned to the women's unit or if you're going to be if you're going to be assigned to the women's correctional facility or if you're going to be assigned to the main facility. But regardless, wherever you go, brand new officers will be getting trained by our training corporals or training officers on shift. They'll be also completing training such as um, paperwork, you know, showing them um, our daily duties. So, for example, as for like a response officer, auto perimeters. What is an auto perimeter? What are we checking? Are we checking the vehicles? Are we checking the fences? If it's inside a housing unit, the proper shift change, just like Corporal Hagman mentioned, what is a proper shift change? What are you accounting for? Are you accounting for your handcuffs? Are you accounting for a radio, a calculator? Um, different pieces inside the unit that for somebody like a calculator to somebody might not be anything to us it's a lot why because there's a lot of metal pieces in there so we need to be accounting for stuff um, but definitely expecting them to come on into that facility get more training get um, a tour you know if you've never been at the women's facility definitely getting a tour um, and then getting properly trained by our training corporals and being shown what we do on a daily thing so now by the second day you already know okay this is what is expected of me and I can tell you, as far as like special operations, every day will change. Your duties will not change. Your response, um, your duties for that day will not change. The overall running, like if there's an emergency, what are you going to do? So that's just things that 
you know, during time, you'll see them. So let's talk about emergencies. That's a great segue. I love that. <laughs> um, let's first just clarify that you do receive medical certifications in different areas of the medical field, correct? So through our training department, we have, uh, we do CPR. You know, we're, we do certifications for uh, CPR and we're first responders. Okay. Because the facility itself is sort of its own village. I mean, right, you have all this, you know, I know you have workshops and you have educational programs. And I know that the men's facility has a meditation room, which we're going to get into in a future episode. But there's also a very large medical component to your facility, correct? Almost definitely. And we depend on them. Just (laughs) Oh, yes. Is the average inmate just sort of like upset stomach, bloody nose, cut their finger on something? Or do you see real extreme situations where somebody, you know, like really got injured? Being that I have been there for 25 years, I can tell you that I have seen a lot of, um, I've seen a lot. Things that, you know, for a normal person, as well, like a civilian, they had never encountered or seen. It's just, what do we do when we come upon that emergency? And rest assured, and I know, as well, like recruiting and getting people, it's not something that happens every day. You know, it's spontaneous. Something, you know, we might have a great week, and then next week, we might have different medical emergencies, but we are there. Um, we also have a CERT team. So that team also, if there is um, any kind of emergencies, they will be providing um, aftermath as far as like following up with people. Because let's face it, we are in a correctional facility that um, we, like you said, we're our own little village where everybody takes care of each other. So mentally, for us, we also have to be mentally prepared. Do you find that going to work that you you have an expectation that every week isn't going to be perfect or do you just go in with a really positive attitude like, you know, we're just we're going to take care of whatever comes up and this is what we're trained for? You you can't expect the unexpected. You have to go in there with an open mind. That's why like a day is a day. You know, today is a great day. Tomorrow might not be a day. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the outcomes are going to be. And you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be coming in as a robot. You shouldn't be coming in feel that feeling of anxiousness that, oh, my God, what's going to happen today? Absolutely not. I've always, um, for my 25 years, I can tell you is that every day I just come in with a positive attitude and let's see what the day brings. Corporal, what did you discover about being a correctional officer that you didn't think you would? Um, well, first off, that I would last 16 years. <laughs> uh, I guess it, I, I discovered how much uh, playing sports as a kid through high school, through college, how much that actually applied to just that teamwork mentality, that building the idea of trusting those around you that you're all a part of the same team and you're all in it for the same goal. And yes, you, you mentioned day to day and there's kind of that it is what it is attitude that I, at least for me that I've kind of had to take on because yes, yeah, some days are going to be good and some days are not going to be as good, but you can't change that. You have to just work with what's in front of you and make the best out of it. Uh, I guess the surprising part for me is when, you, when something does happen and you do realize how much it affected you, you think how much it affected you. And then all of a sudden people start asking, how are you doing? What's going on with that? And you're just like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, you did see that. You are aware. You're, you're checking on me. Thank you. And so you have a network. Yeah. Yep. You have that internal network. That's awesome. I 
want to ask you each, we're, we're going to run out of time because we always do, and it makes me so sad. But um, I ask this of all our guests, and um, maybe you could just give me a sentence or two, that I'm a believer we all have life assignments, all right? And they do change over time, or they don't change. And some people are on that, that one life assignment trajectory forever. Captain, what do you think your life assignment at this point in your life has been? My life assignment at this point will probably have to say I'm a helper. I want to help. I want to help the emails that we have. I want to help the emails that are incarcerated with us. And you will be surprised by just having a small conversation or even saying to somebody, hey, how are you? How are you doing? Although expect, you know, when you ask somebody, how are you doing? To, you know, be able to listen. Because some, some somebody might say, I'm great. And somebody goes, oh, let me talk to you about it. And it might be a five, 10 minute. And that goes with the emails. That goes with the staff. Um, but definitely that's how I see myself. I love that. You're a helper. How about you, Corporal? Uh, I'd never really thought of it like that. Um, I guess for for me, I try to, and I know I wasn't cracking jokes or anything during the interview, but I tr- do try to infuse humor into a daily, well, everything. Uh, I, f- I feel like for myself, if I can't laugh at myself, if I can't, make uh, a positive out of a bad situation if i can't just find some some joy in a in a bad day then i haven't done something right and i do try to share that with others i want other people to to laugh i want other people to have a good time i want people to and it's not like a carefree good time it's it's just you can do the job and still enjoy yourself I love that, too. And sure does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, you can't be somber about this all the time. I mean, there has to be some levity, right? I know we're going to have to close this up, but I just want to mention to all our listeners around the globe that if you're looking for a career path where you can make a difference, like the captain and corporal do on a daily basis, you really should explore the criminal justice system right in your own backyard. Correctional officers are desperately needed, both here in Western Mass, in Massachusetts, across the U.S., and around the world. And Captain, last question for you. If someone does want to learn more about becoming a correctional officer with the Hampton County Sheriff's Department in Western Mass, where should they go to learn more? Oh, they can definitely go to the website. You know, Hampton County Sheriff's Department. Um, the website is very specific. It tells you about every single department. I mean, they can definitely call in. Um, we have set up tours before. You know, uh, we'll have definitely set up tours before. If somebody is having a question about it, they can call. That's wonderful. Okay, well, like I said, I'm sad to say that we are out of time. Thank you, Captain. Thank you, Captain Daniele and Corporal Hagman. The work you do is truly commendable, courageous, and valuable, both behind the wall and out in society. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And we'll be back in a minute to wrap up this week with The Hustler Files, so sit tight. There's more to come. Do you have a background in social work or recovery coaching? Hampshire Sheriff's Department is looking to enhance our evolving correctional services. This is Patrick Kaling, Sheriff of Hampshire County. If you're looking for a career helping people, the Hampshire Sheriff's Office is hiring. Make a difference. Visit our website, HampshireSheriffs.com, and submit an application online. Or call 413-584-5911 and ask for the HR department. We are back, and as we always do, today's final thoughts are what I think appropriate to today's conversation. Vulnerability can be a strength rather than a weakness. By being willing to show our true selves, flaws and all, we can deepen our connections with others and lead more authentic and fulfilling lives. It takes courage to be vulnerable, 
but the discoveries and rewards are truly worthwhile. Here are five leadership lessons to reflect on as we navigate life, love, coaching, and parenting. Number one, the end of your comfort zone is where your leadership begins. Number two, the most powerful leadership tool you have is your own example. Number three, the ultimate goal of leadership is to raise the level of your team. Number four, the value of your leadership is found in the value of your relationships. And lastly, the true test of leadership is how you respond to adversity. Thank you again. And that's a wrap for today. It is my hope that the stories and change makers we share each week release limiting beliefs, create impactful conversations, and activate change. A huge weekly thank you to our producer, Leah, and of course, our guests and advertisers for their support. You can find this show and all of our shows on the whmp.com podcast page and also on any of your favorite podcast sites. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, you can email me at lisa at whmp.com. Have a wonderful week ahead. And remember, don't be ashamed of your story. It will inspire others. See you next week right here on The Hustler Files. (laughs) 